Hi everyone, this is Sam from West Virginia Overtime, and this is Paranormal Review. This is going to be a series. Um, I belong to a group on Facebook. Uh, if you would like to belong to it, it is called Nick Groth, uh, Portals to Hell, Viddy, and Ghost Adventures. And all you have to do is join. It's a private group. Um, it is where the group talks about um, paranormal shows that are on and what is going on with them. Uh, in that group, I told them that I was uh, starting West Virginia Overtime and that we were starting a podcast. And for all of those of you who are in the group hi you finally get to hear my voice um we talked about uh me doing a podcast where we kind of review uh different shows uh i bring up different things kind of recap it break it down um talk about locations or who else has been there um talk about the equipment that they use there kind of just uh talk about the show and bring up some questions and then i'm going to post it in the group and we're going to talk about it um the main provider that i've chosen with this podcast is anchor Anchor allows you, if you go on anchor.fm and choose this episode, what it does is is it allows you to leave voicemails. You can actually record your questions and I can play them during a podcast and discuss it or answer them or whatever you would like. if you have any questions or comments or anything that you want to discuss or anything, you can also leave it in that group. This podcast right now is on Spotify. It should be on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, all the rest of those uh, later next week. So, when we were talking about this in the group and doing a series called Paranormal Review, several of you said, hey, let's start with um, Ghost Hunters or Ghost Nation. And then several of you talked about Ghost Adventures. Well, I need to start kind of at the beginning of me and kind of tell you where I'm coming from. I have not always been into the paranormal, not 100% into the paranormal now. Um, not sure where I stand as far as believing or not believing. I am pretty much a skeptic. I do enjoy these shows. I started watching Ghost Adventures from the beginning, but mostly started watching it because I enjoyed the original three guys. I enjoyed their interactions, their relationships, how they were friends. Um, I also enjoyed the history 
um, my best friend at the time was really into the paranormal. So if we went on any kind of trips to visit anywhere, she was always looking up um, ghost adventures uh, type trips or going on walking ghost tours or visiting haunted buildings or anything. That kind of stuff has always scared me. So I'm kind of a scaredy cat. Um, never have had any kind of experiences. Was brought up uh, in the church and religious as far as believing in God and angels and demons and things like that. But have never had any experiences that I am aware of with them. But because Ghost Adventures is a TV show... Um, kind of thought that it was more entertainment. And like I said, I kind of looked at it um, more as a history type uh, show. And that's what I enjoyed about the walking ghost tours or uh, in St. Augustine, I took a trolley um, ghost tour that went around and then it went to the St. Augustine jail. And... Um, so really enjoy the history and the background have been to Gettysburg and walked the battlefields and heard the stories and I have you know a degree I have an education degree um, that's in history so I just really get into the stories and and everything as watching Ghost Adventures then I kind of got into the tech um, the scientific part of it and we're going to talk a little bit about that today as far as uh, is it truly scientific or not but the skeptic in me doesn't really understand the new tech to me is fascinating but doesn't I don't really truly understand how it works and how you know it works so um, when people said hey why don't why don't you do a podcast on this, on recapping stuff or breaking stuff down? I had to admit and admit to myself that if we started with Ghost Hunters or Ghost Nation, I don't know anything about them. I didn't watch them. Um, I have never watched them until probably about three months ago uh, when it was announced that Ghost Hunters was coming back with Grant Wilson and that Ghost Nation was coming back with Jason Halls um, I thought hey I probably should get caught up on them so that's what we're starting with this podcast we're going to talk about um, where the new Ghost Hunters came from and where Ghost Na Nation came from. We're basically going to talk about the history of Ghost Hunters. Now, I know that some of you are big paranormal experts and have been investigators for 30 years. And you know the background. You've seen every show. Um, you know everything about all of them and all the spinoffs and everything like that. Some of you may not. 
Um, so that's kind of where I'm going to go with this beginning episode. Now, the very next episode, what I'm thinking, is going to be the first episode of Ghost Nation. Uh, with Jason Halls, uh, Steve Gonzalez, and uh, Dave Tango. So, kind of just want to get everybody on the same page. So, like I said, this is going to kind of be the history of the start of Ghost Hunters. Um, and it kind of started in Warwick, Rhode Island, from what I understand. Um, Jason Halls, which is the, the founding member, lived in Warwick, Rhode Island, and around... 1990, he had a personal experience, um, and it was with some spirits, and he will not talk about it, or let me rephrase that, he won't talk about it publicly, I'm assuming he's talked about it with his family and friends, and with maybe people in the paranormal community, but he has not gave an interview that I can find talking about that, so, um, it really, I guess, shook him, and he decided to start doing some investigations, and then he started to investigate cases throughout, uh, basically the New England area since he lived in Rhode Island. If you've been up in that area, or basically if you look at a map, you can see that from Rhode Island, it's fairly easy to get to get to Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, all, of, all over there. So what he did was he started the Rhode Island Paranormal Society, which he called RIPS, obviously. Um, and what they did was they started just kind of investigating. And from what I understand, it was him and a couple family members. So... Actually, RIPS is the beginning of it all, and it started around 1990. So when you look at it, um, Jason has actually been doing this about 29 years. And in 1995, he met Grant Wilson. And Grant Wilson had also had a personal experience uh and he won't say what kind, and he also does not discuss it publicly. I am going to make the assumption that Jason and Grant got together and decided that when they were creating the TV show and had signed to win it, when people were going to ask them about it that first thing, that they didn't want to discuss it because they didn't want it to be about that. They wanted it to be more about the show. Now, maybe that's me making a lot of assumptions, but um, that's kind of where it happened. So this started with Jason Halls in 1990. Then he met Grant Wilson in 95. Um, they then renamed it the Atlantic Paranormal Society because then they expanded the actual investigations and started investigating more states. So when they named it the Atlantic Paranormal Society, it became TAPS. 
and that's how I'm going to refer to it from here on out, because I think most people know actually taps. And what they did was they actually ran it out of Jason's basement, and it became just the two of them. And they pioneered some of the investigative techniques that you see on TV, that you see people use when you go on tours, or when you pay for, um, like, celebrity investigations, some of the stuff that they use. They actually thought that up. Now, um, through reading some articles and doing some research, I guess Jason and Grant also read Hans Holzer, which is the TV show The Holzer Files. I guess they read through some of his stuff and took some of his investigative techniques and some of the stuff that he did and brought it in. So when they decided to invite more members and make it bigger and do bigger investigations, um, and they talked to people outside of their family, and people wanted to get involved, and they started adding more members of TAPS. That's when they started coming up with rules, regulations, investigative techniques. They started writing things down. They started coming up with an exact system on how to do things, when to do things, um, and and everything. They started taking on a little bit bigger houses because at that time they were only doing houses. Um, they would do some um, paranormal locations per se, but they those were mostly for fun and for, for them to learn and, and everything. But when they actually started creating the group then they started getting kind of a process they started getting a little bit more formalized about you know how they were actually going to do things and wanted to make sure that everyone was um kind of doing the the same thing and being on the same page as as everything. So, what they did from there is um, they expanded and decided to kind of publicize. And like I said, they got more members and they ex expanded, I should say. Well, then Pilgrim Films heard of them. They approached them in 2003 and said that they wanted to make a pilot. And through talking with them, decided then to go ahead and make 10 episodes and sell it to a network and kind of create a TV show. Well, when they when they did that, it was then sold to the network, and Jason and Grant sat down and kind of thought through things and made sure that things were going to 
be the way they wanted them to. And they were going to take it pretty serious. Now, they kept their original jobs. Uh, Grant and Jason are both plumbers. They work for Roto-Rooter. Um, I don't know. I didn't read anything. As far as I know, Grant right now does not work for Roto-Rooter. He works for his own computer company um, and electronics company. He creates video games. And we'll get into that after a while, but um, Jason still does work for Roto-Rooter. That is his uh, full-time job, is what he says. Um, when I tell you all the other things that they do, you're going to be like, oh, really? But he has been being has been promoted up through the ranks of Roto-Rooter. He doesn't really go out to houses and actually do the plumbing anymore. So, they created, um, like I said, 10 episodes, and the first episode aired October 6th, uh, 2004, and it, it went till 2016, they had 11 seasons, where they basically went all over the nation, and they hit some pretty famous places, but they also hit houses, and everything like that. If you watch um, the first season, which I made it through the first season, um, I haven't watched all 11, but I'm, I made it through the first season. The series is actually the intro I never paid attention to it until I was doing this research, but the narration, the intro, is actually by Mike Rowe. Um, for those of you who have ever watched Dirty Jobs, or you've watched, I believe it's the CNN show, uh, Something There Is To Do, or something like that, Mike Rowe is on Dirty Jobs. He is the guy that actually um, is the narrator of it. And Jan uh, Jason and Grant were the executive producers of the series the whole entire time. So what I'm going to do kind of right now is kind of step back and I'm going to give you guys a break so that you can hit pause, get you something to drink and everything. We're going to talk a, a little bit more how this progressed and talk a little bit about the techniques and stuff in this part one episode of the history of ghost hunters. I'll be back in just a minute. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's what I'm using to make this podcast. I use it not only because it's free, but because it's easy. I can record and broadcast anything and everything right from my phone, or I can use a computer. It allows me to edit things, and it has everything I need just in one place. And not only that, you can make money from your podcasts. But what you have to do is you've got to go download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.com. FM just to get started and then send me a link. I want to hear your podcast. All right, 
This is Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and we are doing um, a paranormal review, and we're starting out with the history of Ghost Hunters, and this is probably going to be part one, because um, what I'm going to do now is just kind of talk to you guys a little bit uh, about some of the people that have been involved with the ghost hunters obviously i've been talking about jason and grant um but then you've got steve um gonzalez which was a tech specialist he he also uh, was a an investigator him and jason are the only two that have been through 2004 to 2016 and then they're going to be part of the new series, which is Ghost Nation. Then, of course, you've got Dave Tango, who is also going to be part of Ghost Nation. But he didn't come along until 2005. And then you've got Grant. Now, Grant left Ghost Hunters and basically everything in 2012. Um, there are some rumors, uh, about why. We're probably going to get into those in episode two. Um, the official statement that Grant has gave is that he had young kids at the time and that he wanted to spend time with them growing up. He didn't want to be doing the schedule that they were doing and that he wanted to spend time with his wife and family. Now they are grown up and he has went back to TV and now he is on Ghost Hunters. Um, personally, I don't know that I 100% believe that because through, like I said, this research, he's been to a lot of paranormal conventions. He's been doing autograph signings. He sometimes do, does the... Um, ghost celebrity tours and lectures and, and just different things like that. So he was still traveling and everything. And then, of course, uh, a lot of you know Amy Bruni and, and Adam Berry, who are part of Kindred Spirits now, and you guys watch them. Um, then we've got, like, uh, Britt Griffin, uh, Chris Williams, K.J. McCormick, Dustin Perry, um and we're going to kind of talk about where they are, like I said, in part two of this. Because um, they are still part of the paranormal. Some of them, like I said, with Amy and Adam, they have created their own shows. Uh, some of them have wrote books. Some of them are on the lecture circuit and the conventions and the comic cons. Um, Chris Williams has moved to Australia. Um, and then we're going to talk about Brian Harnos, who was the case manager. Um, he was there from 2004 to 2007, and he is one of the reasons why Pilgrim Films sold this to the networks as there wasn't such a genre as paranormal. So they kind of called it a docu-soap. And it was half documentary, but it was half soap opera. And 
the reason why they called it a soap opera was because they dealt with the uh, personal relationships within the group. And a lot of that is in the first couple seasons is dealing with Brian and um, some of his habits and attitudes and his feelings and, and things like that. So so we're going to get into where Brian is now and why he left. And then, of course, you've got Donna. Donna um, LaCroix, who was the interviewer in the beginning and that a lot of people really came to fall in love with and didn't understand why she left. And she did leave kind of around the same time as Brian. There have been um, what they consider three different spinoffs, which was uh, Ghost Hunters International, where they went over into Europe and and different places like that. Um, Ghost Hunters Academy, where they brought in new members and, and did the trainee things. And then, like I said before, uh, Kindred Spirits is kind of considered a spinoff. Now, some of the things that I had no clue, none, zero, nada, about was that Tabs took this a little further. Um, not only were they the Atlantic Paranormal Society, um, not only were they working for Roto-Rooter, not only did they then become the TV show Ghost Hunters, in 2006, Jason and Grant sat down and decided to create a magazine. And from what I understand, this magazine is still kind of running. It is the TAPS Para Magazine. And they put it out about every other month. It's about 40 pages, and the first issue was in June of 2006. And Jason and Grant wanted this to use this to fund TAPS. Um, they used the sales of the magazine to actually pay for equipment upgrades that the TV show wouldn't pay for, or travel, or things like that. So, from what I understand, they still put it out. I have not seen one. I have really not even looked into it a whole lot, but just kind of found a mention of it and that it was still going strong. Um, Grant and Jason also wrote um, a series of books about their work, about their experiences, about what they saw when and where, and I think there's about six or seven of them. They put them out uh, starting, I think, around 2007 up until about 2012, 2013, when, it, when Grant actually left. They even wrote a fiction book, from what I found, and... Uh, it's on Amazon, so if any of you are interested in that, then feel free. Um, they also were involved in creating two video games based off of Ghost Hunters, and that's where Grant got involved in electronics, creating video games. He actually created a, a video game company that has put out several uh, video games, but it's my understanding that there's only two Ghost Hunter video games, and that Grant and Jason both created those and got involved with those.
So then, they decided all that wasn't enough. They wanted to be on the radio and create a podcast. So, in April of 2007, Beyond Reality Radio started. Grant and Jason were the the hosts of it, and it started in New England, and it started out just airing on Saturdays from 7 to 10, and they usually had a guest, sometimes two, and then they took calls from different people and, and, and everything, and they really enjoyed that and got into that and that's actually how they met Amy Rooney she actually was the producer of that so then what they did was on TAP's website and it's still there um, on TAP's website you can get on that and they created a chat room and so while they were on the radio on Saturday nights, you could actually get into the chat room, no matter where you were, whether you were in Europe or California or wherever, you could chat with them and not have to make a long distance phone call. Now in 2012, when Grant left the TV show and left Taps and left the books and left uh, the magazine and everything, he also left the radio. So J.V. Johnson uh, became the, the co-host. And how they knew him was he was actually the publisher and editor of the magazine. And J.B. Johnson, it's my understanding, is still um, involved with Beyond Reality Radio. It has since then increased. It's on uh, Monday through Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 12 to 2 every night. Now... Um, from what I read and researched, I guess when Jason is off on investigations and everything, someone fills in for him, or sometimes JV does it alone, but, um, most of the time, Grant is still there, still doing it. Um, they have everybody on from NASA scientists to... They've had military generals and colonels on to talk about UFOs, to having TV and celebrity people on from the paranormal, to having um, Dallas police officers that were there during the JFK assassination because they talk about conspiracy theories. Um, they talk a little bit about everything and anything. They've had scientists to talk about um, time slippage and wormholes and, and all of that. Uh, it has turned into a podcast, and it's on most of the podcast ca cast catchers. Now, I checked my podcast cast catcher today and you can actually subscribe to it and it'll be delivered to you or um if you're in the new england area they're still on the radio and everything so um where they went from there 
was, like I said, they decided to, when they created the show, that they needed member and they needed people to help them and do certain responsibilities. They needed a structure. They needed a protocol. Now, when I looked on their website today, they say there is 28 members of the actual TAPS Society, the actual original one. Now, TAPS has what they call TAPS Family Network. And what they did was they took paranormal teams that were in surrounding states and then they took them nationwide and then they took them international. And as long as your paranormal uh, group, whether they're located in Florida, whether they're located in Washington State, Canada, uh, Ireland, wherever, as long as you agree to do their protocols and follow things the way they have systematically set it down, then you can be part of the TAPS family network. Um, you have to pay to dues. And any cases that come in to TAPS that they cannot do, that is in a different state, different country, or wherever, different area, they will farm those cases out to you. Also part of being part of the TAPS family network, if you have a case that you don't understand or you don't know how to continue with or something like that, then you can contact headquarters and TAPS, the original group, will help answer questions, will try to give you some solutions, and sometimes they will actually physically personally come and help you, which is what you got to see on part of the TV series. You would have them walk in and say, oh, you've, you've had this case, tell us about it. And then you would have a group kind of tell them. And that's why um, TAPS, the original group still exists. Like I said, there's 28 members. But when you hear of a local paranormal group in, I don't know, Houston, Texas, and they say they're part of the TAPS family, that's what they mean is they follow their protocols. So what the, the protocols are, <clears throat> is they take three to eight members to a location. It's depending on the size of the location and what is going on. They usually perform about eight to 16 hours of investigation and they cover multiple nights. Um, the protocol that they kind of set down was that you would visit and survey the property with the owners of the property or whoever runs it. As they're walking you through, 
either the outside or the inside um, the actual property then they're going to describe their experiences someone is taking notes and recording this so that they can make a decision on where they're going to set up electronic equipment because they want to put the electronic equipment in what they consider hotspots and you get to see that on the show they also during that uh, take EMFs um, electronic magnetic uh, findings as far as different readings and temperature readings to kind of use as a baseline now you see that vaguely in the TV series but from what everything I've read that this walkthrough and them finding certain rooms, hotspots, where they're going to place the cameras, drawing diagrams, um, talking about how things are going to be set up, the plan, where they're going to go first, who's going to go here, all of that uh, can take up to two to four hours. Um, and not all of it is spent with the owners, but um, it's a lot longer than the two to five minutes that you see on the show. And so if you're into this and you're doing your own paranormal investigations and groups and you're making a plan in five minutes, you're not really following the TAPS procedure. Um, so what they do is then they take infrared and digital cameras and thermal cameras they set them up in the different rooms of the house the location the property outside inside wherever they're at and try to cover the most they can with the different types of cameras that they're using so they actually have them stationary um, and of course they do carry ones around but um, there are also many stationary when they actually do an investigation they have EMF detectors digital thermometers and um, just other equipment that they set up and keep in rooms that have cameras on them um, some of the readings that, that I read or research that I read they may see set a REM pod a, a digital thermometer and an EMF detector all kind of close and then set a cell phone with the camera on to video the equipment so that they can catch readings so um, there's a lot more electronics than what what you're actually seeing in the series then they go into different locations rooms and stuff they do audio EVPs uh, they're filming they're they're kind of figuring things out um, then they want to investigate 
Um, as you see in the series, if, you know, the owners are claiming that there's banging, that the walls are banging or whatever, what they do is they try to find um, common ex explanations. Or if they're dealing with um, a cold area in a room or whatever. As you have seen in the series and um, in their books and, and articles and all that, they look for things like uh, branches outside that may bang up against the house. They're looking for drafts. Um, maybe the window's not insulated correctly. Um, when people are saying they're seeing lights, they're looking, is there a car driving by? Is there, um, you know, some kind of passing vehicle that's shining in the window? Um, is there rats inside the wall that's causing the banging? Um, can moving objects be bumping? Um, one of the shows I watched, they were talking about how there was banging downstairs in the basement. Well, they showed that when you walk on the first floor, um, there are loose pipes in the basement that the vibrations of you walking on the first floor cause those pipes to bang up against each other because they're missing a bracket that holds them and they were banging up against each other and were causing the bangs that the owners were hearing so they try to find kind of common explanations and everything so then they determine once they've went through the whole entire house or the location or if they're outside the whole entire property or whatever they call it a day call it a night call it an investigation sometimes they investigation they do investigate two nights uh, but anyway they take several days and they analyze all the data and they try to match things up so they can see if things coincide um, then Jason and Grant or the team leaders if you're running a different organization they review all the findings and then they schedule a meeting with the owners and they discuss the findings with the owners and then if there's any activity, whether that be banging pipes or something they can't explain, um, they discuss and give suggestions on how to kind of deal with that. And they answer any questions they may have. And then you see them on the series um, express an opinion on whether they think it's haunted or it's not haunted so that's kind of you know how how they go about that they do not charge okay you're not gonna call taps and get a hold of Jason and him say it's gonna be three thousand dollars they don't charge their services are free. 
However, they do accept um, donations. And some, I guess, um, members of the Taps family um, have been caught trying to not charge, but really push the whole donations part, especially if they have to travel a distance. And that has been like a criticism around them. They also have taken the sales of their books and the sales of the magazines and then the members' dues and that's how they pay for travel, how they pay for equipment and, and things like that. And Grant and Jason both have said that that's the reason why they created so many different side jobs, especially after the Ghost Hunter's name became popular, is so that they could pay to actually travel. Now, in the beginning, in 1995, up until they started making the TV series, they used the word nonprofit a lot. They they would say, "Oh, we're we're nonprofit." So, in 2006, there was this big controversy that. Um, James Randi, the uh, famous skeptic, created his own society, and he called it the Skeptical Analysis of Paranormal Societies, or SAPs. And he wanted to investigate ghost hunters and tabs, and he started with their nonprofit status. And he found that Jason and Grant would not talk to him. They refused to comment. They refused to give him any records. They did not want to speak to them. Um, Jason, I guess, got offended that he had named it Saps. And he decided that it was just not happening. Well... Saps uh, decided to investigate anyway. They started looking into paperwork as far as federally, state, and locally were they registered as a nonprofit agency or anything like that. They found no such paperwork um, and they called them out on it and said, You're not nonprofit. Um, so what happened was Jason and Grant issued a statement in February of 2007 and said that they didn't mean to give the impression that they actually had nonprofit status, that they probably should not have been using that word. What they said was TAPS does not charge but they do accept donations and member dues. And since it didn't go into anyone's pocket, then they use the word nonprofit because they never took any money out and actually considered a profit or considered it a job. So what they did was they changed their wording from nonprofit to volunteer organization so that people would 
kind of understand that uh, there wasn't anything going on. Well, saps also continued, and I'm going to get into that more in part two. I don't know when part two is going to happen. It may happen, you know, in a couple days. It may happen in a week. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, recapping some episodes, but I think we've got kind of a, a decent understanding of the beginning parts of Ghost Hunters and their techniques and, and different things. So we're going to start with Ghost Nation. But some of the things that we're going to talk about, like I said in part two, is the different criticisms that they've had as far as they use personal experiences that can't be uh, verified because only they're having them, that it's unscientific, that they're using unproven tools, um, that they have sampling errors, um, that they are ineffective or not using recording devices such as a digital recorder or a digital camera correctly, that they use them in different ways than the ways that they were actually made, and that they focus too much on history instead of actually the anomalies or the actual events that are going on right now that they try to say and kind of pass it off as a historical event that a ghost actually is causing that and uh, in part two like I said we're going to do some where are they now and what are they doing now and if I can find it, why did they leave? Um, for instance, Chris Williams, like I said, is uh, now married, and the guy she married was from Australia. She met him, you know, while traveling, and so since she lives in Australia and is not here, she quit the show, quit the the society. Um, and just kind of quit the paranormal after she started having kids. Her kids are starting to get grown, so she is attending some conventions and doing some lectures and speaking and stuff now, but she basically quit the paranormal, you know, for 10 or 15 years. So we're going to do some where are they now stuff. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, Jason and Grant have just been brutally honest that most of their investigations turn up what they call cold. They don't have any evidence, or if they do, they have very, very little of unusual evidence or what they would call paranormal activity. Now, through 11 seasons, they've caught moving objects and mysterious lights that they couldn't prove was a vehicle or couldn't prove was something else. They've caught strange mists and, um, a couple times in the 11 seasons, they've caught what they think might be shadow figures. Um, we're also going to talk about the criticisms of that. Um, many of you know that 
it is widely considered that there was a wire on Grant Wilson's jacket and that he pulled it and it moved and he caused, um, said that someone touched him or said something touched him and there was a big controversy over him faking evidence and so a lot of people have went back and watched the TV shows and have come up with different um, theories on what things are and that Ghost Hunters is fake and that some of the EVPs sound like people that were on the TV show and things like that. So that's kind of going to be what part two is about, which is why I'm not in a hurry to do it today. Um, you'll get part two probably, you know, in the next week or two. Um, but like I said, we're going to go ahead and um, start recapping. Let me send you this podcast which I'm doing today and then I will send you uh, one or two of the other show uh, probably like I said we'll start with Ghost Nation then pick up some Ghost Hunters and then uh, pick up some Ghost Adventures what we're going to do after two though is in the group and like I said, if you want to join the group, it is Nick Groff, Portals to Hell, Viddy, and Ghost Adventures. That's the name of it. Uh, you can join that. And uh, within the group, we'll probably either create some kind of discussion post or a poll or something. Whether people like this, whether they want to continue this. Um, because if people aren't interested in it, they don't want to interact, they don't want the information, there's no point in me doing it. I, I have, you know, other topics that I can discuss. However, if people are enjoying it and they want to download it, they want to listen to it, um, they're getting involved in it, then, hey, that is excellent. And, and we'll continue doing them. And like I said, uh, we can do Ghost Nation, we can do Ghost Hunters, uh, we can do Ghost Adventures. What that will lead is kind of how I gave you a background on Jason and Grant starting this. I will do the same thing with Ghost Adventures. I will uh, talk about how Nick and Aaron met, how uh, Nick then met Zach and introduced him to Aaron, and then how they met Billy, and then how they met Jay, and how they got involved with Michael Uden, and how they um, created my Tupelo and my entertainment uh, subsidiary companies to be pr their production companies, and how they created the Ghost Adventures crew, and how it became a series, and the spinoffs that they've had, like Ghost Adventures Artifacts, um, and, which turned into Ghost Adventures Deadly Possessions, and we can even do a podcast on separate members, because um, Zach himself could be a two-hour-long podcast because we all know he's got issues. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so um, I'm going to post this in the group. 
Um, it's also going to be out there for anyone, so feel free to share it. Feel free to subscribe. Um, and we will discuss it. I'm going to say one more time. The Facebook group, if you want to be involved in this, is Nick Groft, Portals to Hell, Viddy, and Ghost Adventures. Because that's kind of what we started out discussing, and then it led to other things. So we can decide on other topics. Uh, we can do places. Um, we can do interviews. I can contact guests. There's a feature on this podcast where we can talk to people. And yes, I'm talking to you, Daniel Klaus of the Hensdale House, who's a member of the group. Um, we can do all kinds of different things. What I want to tell members of the group that don't know, this podcast is part of West Virginia Overtime. West Virginia Overtime has its own Facebook page. You are welcome to become members of it. It has a Twitter account. It has an Instagram account. Um, and it other ha has other podcast topics. Um, it is mostly about high school and middle school sports in the state of West Virginia. Um, we talk a lot about, um, in the other podcasts, about those sports, giving highlights, giving updates, um, taking specific sports and techniques and breaking them down. But because I'm interested in other things, um, I've created other podcasts. Uh, one of the podcasts that are already up um, is about Disney. Um, it is about some things that you need to lower your expectations about because of different issues that may come up and how to kind of handle that. Um, one of the other topics that we are planning on talking about is different gossip updates and um, wrestling, uh, pro wrestling um we have done a AEW podcast, and we have done a WWE podcast. Um, probably sometime tomorrow we'll uh, possibly do a NASCAR podcast. Uh, right now I am into podcasts and don't care to do the research and when I have the time to record them. So if there's something that you want to hear a podcast about or you've got a topic about Disney that you want some answers to or something like that, um, shoot me a private message on one of the West Virginia Overtime sites, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Send me an email through West Virginia, or excuse me, WV Overtime at gmail.com and we'll do it to it. But anyway, I appreciate you guys and thank you for your support and your time in listening to this. And you guys uh, that are in the group, make some comments about whether you like this or not. And if you are hearing this because you're one of my friends or you're part of West Virginia Overtime, or 
you just found us on one of the podcatchers, then get in the group and talk to us about this. If you don't believe in any of that, hey, it's cool. Get in the group. We've got all kinds of skeptics that um, have all kinds of evidence of proving things and saying things are fake. If you are religious and you don't believe in it, that's fine. We've got all kinds of um, religious people in there. Uh, we have gotten family members of some of the uh, TV show family and friends in there. We've actually got some celebrities themselves um, that are a part of it. Daniel Klaus. Uh, we're trying to get some, some others. Uh, to join up if you are a medium or you're a paranormal investigator or you've had some experiences or whatever feel free to get in the group uh, pretty much everybody is welcome but anyway I thank you guys for listening and taking the time to hopefully to enjoy this and I will be talking to you soon thank you bye <laughs>